wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Uh, I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. And because today is Wednesday, I am your host. And hey, I enjoy, I love being able to come on and share and speak uh, on uh, so many uh, subjects from uh, from Scripture uh, each and every uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, it really is wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Now, look, I'd love you uh, to be able to uh, come and give us some feedback back, uh, maybe your thought, maybe some comment that you've got. Look, if you'd like to join us, if you'd like to share a positive thought, a, a comment or uh, on one of the issues that we, we discuss, if you'd just simply like to say, uh, hello, Pastor Gary, uh, then that would be greatly appreciated too. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Uh, now, look, you can do that by texting us here. Our studio text number is 04888. 808811 04888811 it's uh, a fantastic number we get a lot of communication through that uh, that number and uh, we'd love to hear from you now this week we're looking at the theme radical teachings in the parables of Christ you know i am absolutely amazed the parables are so simple and yet the depth in those parables is something that it's so easy uh, to be able to gloss over. Now, today, we're looking at a parable that's directed, what I call uh, being directed at the average Joe, the average man in the street. Uh, sometimes I'm so conscious that I come across people who say, look, you know, I'm not particularly talented. Uh, you know, tomorrow we're going to be dealing uh, with a parable that Christ told to the rich and famous. Uh, but today uh, we're looking at a parable that Christ told particularly uh, to those who are who might think, hey, I don't have a lot to contribute. This is such a, to me, I believe this is an encouraging uh, parable. Uh, today we're looking at the parable of the the talents. Now today our co-host is live from Perth in West Oz and that's Pastor Don Don Felberg. And Don has worked as a as a pastor and an evangelist. He's an international speaker. He's been a bush padre. He's an indigenous ministries leader. He has really covered the gamut of ministerial uh, responsibility. Uh, now Don's just retired after almost 40 years in, uh, uh, in ministry. Uh, Don, welcome to you. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Happy to be with you and your listeners once again. Ah, it is fantastic. People really appreciate the ministry that uh, you're actually involved in. And I know that three-week program that you just presented uh, to us just uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, was uh, incredibly well uh, well received by uh, so many uh, so many people. Now, look, how is Perth today? Well, very, very cold today. We're uh, the same as Canberra today, which uh, is not often. 
and uh, a lot more rain than I think was expected. So yeah, yeah, yeah well, so I, we're a bit we're a bit rugged up today. Well, I know here here in Adelaide, I thought a week or so ago, I thought oh, I can almost smell spring in the air. Almost, <laughs> I thought we were going to get it. And then today, we've had a major backtrack. It's cold here. I've got the heater on in the studio. I've closed the door, and uh, I'm sitting <laughs> in the hall alone. Uh, but uh, thankfully, it's warm in the. Uh, warm in our studio uh goodness yeah. me uh, i am looking forward to uh spring coming uh this uh, yeah. uh this year it uh, it really has been an interesting uh, uh an interesting um a uh, few months over the last uh, last little while uh, now look let's we're come- actually we're actually heading up to um do a funeral at Mount Magnet next week, and uh, we're hoping to have a little look at the wildflowers as we travel through the country. And uh, from what we hear, they're very good in some spots. Oh, look, we, if you could give us, I was going to say, please bring some pictures, but that's not going to help us very much. <laughs> uh, uh, but, Don, look, if you could possibly um, give us a bit of a report on that, I'd love to actually be able to, uh, next time we're chatting, for you to actually share with us where the best wildflowers are because I know that there's some of our listeners who in springtime do really appreciate being able to do some uh, uh, some travel. And if you could give us some a report, I know they'd appreciate it. Well, right. I'll tell you what I've what I've seen and where. <laughs> ah, that's fantastic. But don't worry about the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Don. Now, look. I, let's come to our world religion news report. Now, uh, just today in the uh, uh, one of the religious news. Uh, uh, papers that I, I I do consult. There was a uh, an article that uh, to me really encouraged me uh, me again. Um, uh, religions have known that getting away is good for the mind, body, and spirit, and it started to talk about the rituals uh, that so many world religions have got. Woven into their belief and practice. Uh, now, uh, let me just read to you just uh, just a little bit of what it said. And of course, it's written from an American uh, context. But hey, you know, I mean, I think things are actually similar here. They actually shared some things that I wasn't actually uh, aware of. Uh, and this is how the article started. Uh, some of vacations are coming to an end, uh, though not uh, everyone took one. Of course, this is the American context. Under federal law, U.S. companies aren't required to offer. A a single paid vacation day uh, compared with at least 20 required in the European Union and also here in Oz as well. I uh, can't believe that, that uh, under law there's no requirement. Um, about one in four US workers don't receive any and even amongst those who do, few make full use of them. More than half leave at least some vacation days untouched and almost one in five say they feel guilty leaving the office, according to a 2019 survey, by Priceline. This no-break culture has consequences for physical, mental and spiritual health. A Gallup poll, a 2014 Gallup poll, found that taking regular vacations with family and friends is linked to a higher sense of well-being regardless of one's income. Activities that lead to an improved sense of well-being are positively associated with improved health and productivity. The importance of getting away from it all is, isn't just backed up by contemporary research, though. As a scholar, 
who studies the sociology of religion, I know that religious practices have long emphasized rest and contemplation, which not only improve a person's mental and physical health, but they can also boost a sense of spiritual well-being. And escaping the busyness of everyday life does not have to be a drain on one's wallet. The Abrahamic traditions of Judaism, Christianity and Islam view a day of rest each week as a sacred right and responsibility of believers. The traditional Jewish Shabbat uh, offers a 24-hour period at sundown on Friday when the busyness of everyday life halts. Participants gather to worship, share a meal, study and pray. It then goes on to talk about Muslims celebrating their holy days on Friday uh, and most Christians uh, observing the holy uh, Sabbath, uh, a Sabbath day on, uh, on Sunday. And uh, uh, then it continues branches of Islam, Christianity and Judaism additionally call for regular times of prayer as part of their daily cycles. The article concludes by saying this, medical science has uh, become religion's unexpected partner in confirming the benefits generated by these religious practices. Researchers have found uh, an association between downtime, learning and creativity, sleep, nature walks and exercise offer a number of life enhancing benefits, including improved memory, productivity and physical health. Recent advances in neuroimaging technology has allowed researchers to observe brain changes during times, for example, of intense prayer. Scientific evidence suggests that engaging in these practices may lead to improved health and well-being. The article then concludes in this way in its final paragraph. If you can't break away from work this summer, you can still improve your physical, mental and spiritual health by taking time to rest, exercise, sleep, meditate and pray. Think of these practices as mini staycations that allow us to vacate the stress of life and worry while improving our well-being. Now, Don, when I read that particular article, it actually really jumped out at me because, of course, as uh, as Seventh Day Adventists, we're probably one of the uh, uh, the few uh, organisations that uh, uh, Christian organisations today that say, "Hey, you know, a Sabbath isn't uh, isn't just a a one hour uh, a." day event when you mm-hmm. go to church for one hour we turn around and say hey look you know the sabbath is actually a 24-hour period that starts on uh, friday uh, at sunset and goes till saturday at uh, at sunset exactly it's the same as what the uh, ancient uh, jewish uh, ritual was and also the ritual of the early christian church that certainly carried on exactly the same ritual for about the first three or four hundred years of uh, uh, of existence but the thing that i'm really interested here Don is this issue of rest and the importance of uh, of rest look how important has the Sabbath uh, become to you well it's very important Pastor Gary and um, and it obviously is to God because he put it there in the Ten Commandments of all places 
Yeah. You know, he wrote there with his own finger. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you can work, but the seventh uh, is the Sabbath. And I would add, Pastor Gary, that it was also important to Jesus. Because mm-hmm. in Mark 2, verse 27, he said, the Sabbath was made for man. It was made because we needed it. That's what I what I get. That's powerful. From that. That's powerful. Yes, yes. It says it's not man for the Sabbath. In other words, uh, God didn't create a Sabbath and then say, "Oh, now what am I going to do with it? I better make a man to to keep it or something." It was made because we needed it. We needed this break, as it were. We needed this time of of rest. Not only Jesus, but it was important for the Apostle Paul as well. And um, I think from memory, Pastor Gary, there's about 84 um, times where the uh, the Apostle Paul and uh, in the book of Acts uh, kept the Sabbath. That's a lot of Sabbath keeping after the time of the crucifixion and the resurrection. Yeah. And about, for example, Acts 17 and verse 3, uh, verse it says, then Paul, as his custom was, went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. This is referring to the time when he was visiting in Thessalonica. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It says the same, Acts 18 and verse 4, as when he was visiting there in Corinth. So um, for me personally, Pastor Gary, when we've been itinerating around Western Australia, Northern Territory, and uh, South Australia on our Indigenous ministries, we would always uh, try to stop for the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd try to be somewhere where there were other Sabbath keepers and sometimes might only be one person, but we would meet with them and share with them. But sometimes we were in a position where we were on our own. We would still stop Friday afternoon and uh, not resume our travelling till till uh, Sunday. And so I can remember, Pastor Gary, we had a Sabbath out at Cocklebiddy on the Nullarbor. Mm. And uh, we just had that time together, my wife and I, and uh, our, our time with God. Another time it was well 33 on the Canning Stock Route. We'd planned to meet with another, <laughs> some other Sabbath keepers, but they weren't there. Yeah. And so uh, we've always uh, tried to respect it, and uh, and I believe there are blessings from that. We tell, receive blessings from me, that. Yeah, look, Don, I really love what you're actually saying there, but what I'd love, and I really oh, thank you for uh, sharing about the importance of, of the Sabbath, uh, but... How do you, and this is, I suppose, a lot of people are really interested, how do you actually keep Sabbath? Because, I mean, physically, I mean, what do you actually do? Because I know a lot of people say, hey, look, you know, I mean, a full day of doing nothing, exactly. You know, I mean, um, I mean, so many uh, people, you know, I mean, even those who, you know, are regular church attenders now uh, will certainly uh, go to church generally on on Sunday. It'll be, uh, you know, probably for uh, an hour, hour and a half, maybe half a morning. Um, but after that, basically, uh, you know, whatever they're doing for, uh, the rest of the week just up and continues. But look, how do you keep Sabbath? Well, uh, that, that's um, that's a good question. And um, uh, um, 
first of all, I'd like to mention that I I try to keep the Sabbath like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. In Luke 4 and verse 16, it says, He came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Mm. So Jesus went to worship with fellow believers, and like you said, uh, his Sabbath wasn't just an hour there at the uh, at the synagogue, but the whole 24 hours. And uh, Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14 says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, that is, turn away from trampling on it, uh, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasure, nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. Mm. And so, to me, that's when the commandment says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, if we were to do our normal things on Sabbath, well, then we would rob ourselves of that Sabbath blessing. And that's why those guidelines have been uh, put there, to lay aside our, our normal activities so that we can... Uh, we can have that special time to develop our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so as well as going to church and spending time worshipping with fellow believers and being involved in the worship, in the preaching and the teaching and the singing and, and so on, Sabbath gives uh, an opportunity to go out into God's creation. After all, Exodus 20 verse 11 says that the Sabbath was given as a memorial of creation. Mm. So, so often through the week, we haven't got time to smell the flowers. We rush past them because we've got deadlines to meet. But on the Sabbath, I enjoy looking at God's creation and uh, just thinking of the God who made these things in such variety and with uh, uh, in such beauty. And yeah. so... Um, you know, it gives time to visit the sick in the hospital, um, to encourage them, pray for them, those that are wanting to know more about Jesus. And sometimes for the Sabbath afternoon, often we'll put a preaching video on and uh, listen to a message from God's Word or listen to a report on how people are accepting Jesus. So it's it's stopping the normal things, Pastor Gary, refraining from the normal things like watching the, the TV, the news and so on, and focusing on God and the Bible and and eternal priorities. Yeah, I, lo- I love what you're saying there. I mean, I, I've actually, I know once or twice I've spoken to uh, to young people and, uh, uh, you know, they've sort of, you know, well, what can I do? What can't I do? You know, and, and to me, I've said to them, look, you know, uh, very much the Sabbath is a day of relationship. I have a day of, you know, vertical relationship with my God, but I have a horizontal yes. relationship with other <coughs> believers, with family and friends. And I know that, you know, one of the things that, I really appreciate in, in the, the non-stop world that we're living today where we find that, you know, the pace just never slows down is the, is the ability, the time to be able to spend uh, some quality time with family 
and uh, with friends uh, and with uh, you know with those who are you know fellow believers you know to, as you said you know to be able to get out into nature uh, to be able yeah. to uh, uh, to just I mean I, I can I don't know how many Sabbaths I've spent you know having a having a picnic in the park uh, with uh, uh, you know friends, family, uh, you know, relatives, you know, where you can just simply sit down and, uh, okay, you've spent time in worship, uh, you've spent time, uh, you know, maybe in, in, in praise, uh, you've spent time in prayer, uh, but then to be able to turn around and say, hey, look, you know, uh, let's go and have lunch together in, in the park and, uh, uh, you know, the kids are able to um, to spend time together in the uh, uh, in the park and, and often, I mean, we're sitting there chatting until, you know, four and five in the afternoon and then we finally think well we should but to be able to develop those relationships and I have so many people actually say to me oh look I don't have time to be able to uh, develop relationships and yet to me what I see is you know the Sabbath is a day that God has given to us uh, to be able to develop relationship I, 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 yeah. I look I look at this in the world in which I'm living now and I'm saying hey this is uh, our God is so good uh, to say hey I want you to take 24 hours I want you to take it off I want you to be able to smell the roses. I want you to be able to, um, to, 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 to learn to relate to other humans, not through all the tech stuff, but just simply with the simple things. And, uh, you know, to yeah. me, uh, I, I find this such a, such an incredible, incredible blessing. I, I really found it's that like, article so positive. It's like God saying, I want to have special family time with you every week. Indeed. I want you to set aside these 24 hours for special family time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so true. Look, guys, let's come to some music. This is Sandra Ederman, uh, Faithful Men. This is so something that is so needed in the world in which we're living today, uh, Faithful People. Sandra's song is entitled Faithful Men. Please enjoy it uh, as you uh, as you hear um, as you hear uh, Sandra share uh, these amazing words. Blessings on you.
what a beautiful song that uh, really is. Sandra Ederman, a faithful man, faithful people, how much we need a faithful people in the world in which we're living today. Our world is spiraling out of control. The word of God is the one who gives us the direction. Uh, faithful men, faithful people, please stand up, stand up, stand up. Folks, we have a wonderful, we have a wonderful uh, a book uh, for you uh, this week. Uh, this is one that you'll really appreciate. Look, if you'd like uh, to have this book, it's a, it's a very simple book. It's not complex. Uh, simply entitled Kindness Living. Um, it's one of the best church growth tools today. You want to grow your church. This book actually talks about how to grow your church simply through kindness. You know, I believe uh, the two most powerful spiritual uh, gifts for growing a church are the gifts of encouragement and hospitality. I think those two are so vital. Uh, churches that have encouragement, churches that have hospitality, the churches will grow uh, even if they don't have the world's best evangelist. But the world's best evangelist without encouragement and hospitality will have uh, absolutely uh, no impact. Uh, folks, uh, can I uh, encourage you to look at this book, uh, Kindness Living? Now, look, if you'd like uh, your own copy, copy of uh, Kindness uh, Living. Uh, it encourages uh, you uh, to have a kindness plan to touch the lives of others within your network. Now, if you'd like a copy of this particular book telling you how to do that, uh, then please text us at 04888 80811. Now that number again is 04888 80811. And all you need to do is to give us uh, in your text a code and the code is SA68. SA68. No gap between the SA and the 68. Just SA68. That'll go directly through to our robot. And uh, our robot, uh, he's a kind robot. He's a nice robot. He'll ask you a few, uh, a few questions, uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. Kindness lives by Jeff Weir, SA68, and that number again is 04888-80811. And if you've got any thoughts, any comments, anything that you'd like to share, uh, maybe about the uh, the issue of rest that we uh, were just talking about, then please feel free to text it through to us. We'd love to be able to share that uh, with our uh, with our listeners. Now, you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is live from Perth. That's Pastor Don. Don Felberg. Uh, and Don, he's worked as a pastor, an evangelist, an international speaker, a bush padre, and an indigenous ministries leader. He is a man with a huge amount, a wide amount of experience. Now, this week, we are looking at the theme, radical teachings in the parables of Christ. And today, we're looking at a parable that's directed at what I call the average Joe. Uh, do you know, um, tomorrow we're going to be looking at a parable that Christ directed to the rich and famous. Uh, that really has got something, and uh, I wish I was here tomorrow to be able to share that, that that one with you. But today we're looking at the uh, parable of the talents. Now, of course, um, before we go there, uh, Don, what I'd love to do is to actually just read uh, this uh, this parable because there's, I believe there's power in the Word of God. So let's see what the Word of God, uh, what is this parable that Christ did tell. Uh, some may not be familiar with it. And uh, this uh, is what the, the scriptures uh, declare. It's actually in Matthew chapter 25 and verse, uh, uh, and verse 14. Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own 
to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground. He hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who had received two talents came and said, Lord, I delivered to you, you delivered to me two talents. Uh, look, I have gained two more talents beside them. The Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over just a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is your talent. Please have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I had not sown and gather where I had not scattered seed. And so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, that at my coming I would have received back my own, at least with some interest. Now take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, that he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. You know, Don, this um, uh, this parable is a remarkable parable because, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just so conscious that uh, many of us, you know, as we walk this uh, earth's surface, we, we look and we say, hey, look, I, you know, I've I don't regard myself as the five talent man. Um, am I certainly when I started my ministry, I think I might have been, uh, I might have been a one talent man. Uh, I, I, I hope I've accumulated two at this point, but you know, most of us say, Hey, look, you know, I'm not one of the rich and famous. I'm not one of the people that everybody acclaims. Uh, and yet this parable, Jesus is directing at a person who, it's actually only got one talent. Now, you know, to me, this is a challenging parable. Um, Don, help us out. What is Christ getting at? What's he trying to say in this parable? Well, I think one of the things that he's trying to, to uh, get across is that we've all been entrusted with talents and abilities to advance the kingdom of God. We all have a work to do to share the wonderful gospel of Christ. Now, whether we're talking about our natural abilities or um, the spiritual abilities that God gives to us, both are included, but all have a part they can play. And God wants each one to to play their part. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate what you're actually saying there, Don, because, um, you know, I mean, to me, what I am conscious of is that, uh, you know, we often look, uh, in our world at the people who are, I suppose, you know, rich and famous, you know, people who have got, you know, you look at the, uh, the, the stars that are out there. You look at the, maybe the, the pops, the sports stars, you know, people who have got a, a wealth 
of natural ability, a, a lot, a lot of talent and are quite capable of uh, going to the top. You know, maybe they're academically, uh, super, uh, super strong. Uh, you know, they, mm. it just bubbles out of them. Uh, but Don, yeah. look, I, I'm probably jumping ahead at the present time. Take us through this parable. What is, uh, Christ actually saying? Well, I, I, he, he's saying that when he left earth and went back to heaven after the time of the crucifixion and the resurrection, he wanted his followers to be involved in, in sharing his message with the people and preparing people for the time when he would come back. And so he's, he's given each one uh, talents and abilities to be able to do that. And like you've been saying, some people think, well, but I haven't got anything much. Uh, you know, I mean, that's all right for those ones that have got all of that ability, but I haven't got much. I mean, I can't contribute. But I would remind people that uh, just because you mightn't have, for example, the gift of being able to preach before a, a large audience of people, you do have gifts that can be used to advance God's work. For example, we've all got time, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We've all got um, we've all got some money, and uh, we can all speak, or most of us can speak. Mm. And uh, you know, you think, what have we got that we could use? Have we got a car? Well, then you know uh, we can pick people up to help them. Uh, if they haven't got transport, uh, you can pick them up for church or to go and share a Bible study. So you see, we've all got things when you think about it. And, um, you know, like, for example, I mentioned there about money. Um, I, I remember the story of one man he was a businessman, and he became a very, um, a, a very famous uh, businessman. Made a lot of money, and his brother, who was a preacher, said, "My brother, the businessman, has has won more people for Jesus than I have as a preacher. Mm. He's used his talent, in other words, and God wonderfully increased it." And he, he was able to build churches and schools and orphanages and all sorts of things to help advance the kingdom of God. So he invested his talent and uh, he, he came back with, with many blessings. And so, you know, like you were saying too before there, um, we mightn't, uh, you know, we say, well, we couldn't preach like so-and-so. Uh, but God has given us all abilities and, and gifts, and all of them play a part. Um, some are teachers, some are financiers, some are builders, some are printers, some are involved in sharing over the media. Even the gardener who beautifies uh, the building, let's say around the, uh, the church, is, is, is making a witness for Jesus. The mechanic, I've heard of a story of a man who dedicated his life to God and he said, I can't go as a preacher, but he said, I've got a talent 
and I've got a workshop to fix bikes. And so he fixed up bicycles and ended up sending a whole heap of them to Africa. And it really was such a blessing to the pastors there who had no cars but had to walk. And so he used his humble gift, you could say, and it was a great blessing. Yeah, Don, I love so, I, I love this because what we're talking about here is you don't have to have the really big gifts in order you don't have yeah. to be the evangelist to be able to be effective for for God. I mean, I know in in my ministry, I'd love to hear any stories that you've got there. I know in my ministry, one time I was doing a a, a, um, a morning um, a Bible a Bible study prayer group with a a group of senior a senior people, and uh, they used to have a habit that I absolutely came to uh, came to love, and that was that uh, one of the the ladies in that. Uh, in that particular uh, group, uh, she had her 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 um her hobby was creating handmade cards, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, she every week she would hand make two or three cards. She'd bring them along to the group, and there was about twenty people in that group. We would pass them around, and we would write during the um during the the uh, the Bible study period. We'd just write each uh, a little message to somebody that we knew of that needed encouragement. And to yeah. me, every single week we had uh, this particular lady hand making cards, and then three or four people would get encouragement from a group of twenty people. You know, to me, some people say, "Hey, look, you know, that's not a big thing." But you know, to me, I've actually encouraged some of our seniors. I said, "You know, I mean, your churches can be built up." I've discovered uh, simply by uh, gifts of uh, particularly to me, uh, and, and I actually preach entire sermons on this, uh, to me uh, I believe the two most powerful uh, gifts or talents, if you like, in the, in the life of a church is encouragement and hospitality mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. in those particular gifts, uh, what you actually find uh, is churches are built up. People are encouraged. Uh, people want to come along uh, to a church where there's hospitality and encouragement. And, you know, to me, I have just, you know, I, I'm just so conscious that, you know, um, uh, the evangelist without the support of those two mm. uh, two gifts is really yeah. weakened. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I love is there any any uh, occasions that uh, where you've seen uh, people with uh, you know not we we might say hey you know the gifts are not the not the big gifts but they've used yeah. them to God's glory have you seen any of those yes yes uh, I think in my Aboriginal ministry I think about Lorraine Ferguson a young lady. She used to be a young lady up there in Port Augusta, 29, when I first got to know her. She had just become a Christian, and um, she was shy and quiet. You'd often be battling to almost hear her speak, certainly not the preacher. Certainly, you never saw Lorraine up the front um, preaching, but she was strong in her faith. She didn't understand a lot but she believed what she did understand and the Lord gave her wisdom. But anyway, when she became a Christian, she wanted to share with the people up in the think where she had grown up. 
And so she rang them up on the telephone. Like I said, you couldn't get her to take a meeting and to preach, but she could ring up on the telephone and she could talk with her friends and her family. And when she was up there one day, Pastor Gary, I saw her at the uh, community office and she had a brown bag. And I thought, what she got in there? What's she doing? You know what she had? She had little uh, papers explaining things in the Bible, different teachings, and uh, she was handing them out to people in her quiet way. Um, she had, uh, and she encouraged people to go to Mama Ruffa to the Adventist Church's Indigenous Bible College. She herself went for a year. She wasn't a great scholastic sort of a person, but she went for a year and that encouraged others to go. And, uh, today we have an Adventist church in the Fink as the result of her witness and her work. And that's a she powerful Yes, send up DVDs and that sort of thing to the people. And, you know, if you were looking for a person in the church to say, uh, pioneer, open up a new area, you probably wouldn't have chosen Lorraine. You'd, yeah. cho- you'd have chosen someone that had more, what you would think, illustrious gifts. Yeah. But the Lord used this humble, quiet, shy little lady to do a powerful work because she was willing to use the talents that God gave her. Yeah, no, look, that's really appreciate that, that Don. I think that's a, that's a, I know Lorraine and, uh, uh, I've, you know, I've certainly met her on a numerous occasions and, uh, she has a wonderful spiritual, uh, depth to her that allows her to be able to share uh, what the Lord has given her. But look, Don, we're going to have to go to some music. But look, I just want to say a really big uh, hello to uh, we have had a, a few people uh, contact us. I'd just like to say a really big hello to, to David. Uh, David uh, uh, con- uh, comes from the, from over there, your way in uh, in Perth. He attends the Clarkson um, Adventist uh, Church and uh, it's wonderful to have uh, David uh, uh, online with us. And he actually comments on on the uh, first portion of our program when we were talking about, hey, uh, the incredible blessing of a Sabbath rest. And uh, one of the things that he says that he loves doing is uh, just listening uh, to Sabbath moods on Friday afternoon uh, on Faith FM radio that's actually broadcast from uh, from Rockingham Um Adventist Church, and I mean, hey, I love. I often have uh, music on, and he talks about how how he really appreciates being able to listen to uh, to music. And uh, uh, I would encourage people. You know, that's a wonderful thing. It really settles you, settles your mind and your spirit in a beautiful way. But look, I actually have got somebody else. Actually, did contact us as well here uh, through our text message system, Don. And this is a a point of theology, and I'd like you to comment on it if you could when we come back from our. Music. Music. Now, um, this is, um, it's actually directed at, uh, pastors Don and Gary. You first. That means that you can get that, have the first attempt at this. And this is from, uh, Margie. And it's great to say hello to Margie. Um, what did the third man mean when he said to his employer, um, I know you reap where you didn't sow. I know you reap where you didn't sow. The third man, the man who only had one, uh, one talent, he said to his employer, I know you reap where you didn't sow. What did he actually mean 
by that. Now, that's a point of theology. So, look, let's come to some uh, uh, some music. This is Ron and Paddy Valet, and I'll get you to answer that question, Don. Immediately, uh, we do come uh, come back. Uh, please enjoy Ron and uh, Paddy. Uh, accept the Lord. Uh, build the house. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Except the Lord keep the city, what man waketh but in vain? It is vain for to rise up early, to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep, so he giveth. Except the Lord, build the house. Beautiful, beautiful song. Now, guys, don't forget, please, our uh, our free gift, our giveaway today is Kindness Living. This is a beautiful uh, little little book. Uh, it's one of the best church growth tools you can possibly have. Uh, written by uh, Jeff Weir. Now, look, if you'd like your own copy of Kindness Living, uh, all you have to do is to text us here at our uh, drive time text number oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven oh four triple eight. 80811 is all you need to uh, uh, to do and just put the code that we have for today which is uh, uh, SA68 and uh, SA68 no gap between the SA and the 68 and uh, w- that'll connect you to our robot he'll get some information off you and we'll get to this uh, book to you as fast uh, fastest way uh, that is possible uh, this book's kindness living SA68 and uh, that uh, drive time number again is 04 Four triple eight eight zero 
0811. Now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is live from Perth, Pastor Don Felberg and, and Don's worked as an pastor and evangelist, international speaker, Bush Padre, international uh, and indigenous ministries leader. He's got a wealth of experience. And today we're looking at the theme, radical teachings in the parable of Christ. And today we're just simply looking at that parable of the talents. Now, Don, before we actually came uh, to our to our break, uh, we did uh, have uh, have one of our listeners uh, text in, and she uh, asked a, a really good uh, question: uh, What did that third man mean when he said to his employer, "I know uh, you reap where you didn't sow"? I mean, that's almost a little obscure. Uh, how would you understand that, Don? Yeah, thank you, Pastor Gary, and um, thank you, Margie, for asking that question. I, I really think that uh, this was a lazy fellow, and uh, his accusation about the boss uh, uh, being a hard man and all of this wasn't really true. I think it was just a cover-up for him not willing to put any effort in was easy for him to just go and bury his talent in the ground and say, well, look, here's, here's yours. And, uh, you know, but it, it was just a cover-up for his laziness and I think a false accusation against his loving master. What do you think about uh, this man's view of the um, of his employer's character, because to me, when I, I read yeah. that particular passage, you know, I know you reap where you didn't sow, and a part of that, of course, in the scripture is, uh, I know you to be a hard man, and uh, yeah. you know, that's a a picture of God that. I almost, I almost tremble when I when I hear that you know uh, someone saying about yeah. God. I know you to be a hard man. How would you respond to that? Yes, I I think this fellow didn't really understand understand God, and uh, and and he he uh, he had accepted the devil's misrepresentation that. The Lord is hard, he's unjust, he requires so much of us in order to save us. He had this misapprehension of God and uh, he didn't understand God so loved the world that he gave his only son that he might save us, Mm. that God is out there seeking and saving the lost. Um, God is going out the second mile for us, I I think, it's very unfair that he would accuse God of being a hard man. Yeah, yeah. He, he really hasn't come to know what the no. uh, what, what the eternal Father is really like. I mean, uh, to me, this is one. In fact, more and more, I'm starting to preach. Uh, and sh- in fact, this this coming Sabbath, I'm actually going to be preaching. Won't be at my particular church this uh, this Sabbath, but I'll be preaching at another uh, in another location. Uh, but uh, this particular Sabbath, I'm going to actually be sharing on the whole subject of uh, the love of God, because uh, mm. you know, often we we you know, there are people who see uh, the Father uh, as be- well, see Jesus as being kind. And compassionate and understanding, you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild in many ways. But the Father, He is more austere. He is uh, the the sort of uh, person that you you don't really want to approach Him because you know uh, there's a. 
that there's something there that, and yet to me, as I, as I read the scriptures, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave, you know, that it paints a picture of the eternal God of the Father. Uh, that is mm-hmm. actually in seeing Jesus, I see the Father being replicated. And I'm so conscious that in the day and age which I'm living today, I want people to not only be able to love Jesus, but also to be able to love the Father. Uh, because the Father, yeah. you know, did something that we, um, you know, to me, would I have been willing to give up my, my son, uh, in order? Yeah. I, I, I don't think, uh, you know, he, he can do things. He's done something that humanly speaking, we would find almost impossible. But Don, look, we are starting to come very close to the end of our time here. But look, can you just, uh, just, I suppose, uh, you know, maybe just in, in a few sentences, if a person is out there and they're saying, look, hey, I'm a person who doesn't have a lot of talents. I'm a person who doesn't have a lot of gifts. You know, I'm uh, probably just that uh, uh, that person who, uh, uh, you know, I don't you know, preach sermons. I don't, you know, there's a list of things I don't do. What advice? I mean, what adv- What would you say to them about ministering for Christ? Well, I would say use what you have, and we've all got many things, really. But even if we've only got one talent, use it for God. Whatever your ability is, and it's amazing because if you've only got one talent and you use that for God, God will multiply it. I think of my wife, you know, when she became a Christian, she wasn't a fluent reader. Uh, In fact, she was embarrassed to read in public. But by using her talent she developed the ability to read fluently. Mm. And doing what, and today she's doing what she never thought she would ever do. She's doing a morning devotional on live stream every day and yeah. sending it out to many people. Yeah. And people are being blessed by it. If you would have told her back in 1982 that she'd be doing that, she'd have said, no, I haven't <laughs> got the talent to do that. Indeed. But she was uh, prepared to, to uh, you know, over the years she's been um, giving her talent to the Lord and using her talent that she did have and God has developed more. Mm. And I, I think of another friend in Tasmania there, David Elliott. He was a wharfie up on the wharf in Darwin and uh, he came from one of the poorest suburbs in Hobart and the suburb of Goodwood. But this man sincerely gave his heart to Jesus. He became a leader of the Pathfinders, uh, which is like the Boy Scouts and Girl Guides uh, group in our church. And you know something, Pastor Gary? He found that he had the ability to write. In fact, he even ended up winning a writing award. Mm. And... um, He's written, he's used his ability to write, to write letters to young people that have lost their way, personal letters to encourage them and, and to let them know Jesus is the answer. Yeah. At the present time, would you believe he's writing to politicians to let them know that Jesus is the answer? Yeah. And this man, this wharfy up on the wharf in Darwin ended up becoming the leading elder of our Launceston Church for a period of time. He's been a positive influence on many. 
Yeah. But yeah. back in those early, up there on the, when he first became a Christian, he would have said, well, I can't do much. Yeah. Oh, but that's he, a, did, he used what he had. That's a fantastic story, and we do need to uh, come together. I'd just like to pray for our listeners. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you now. I want to say thank you for the talents, the gifts that you've given us. Lord, if there's any person who's listening to us right now who's struggling and saying, hey, look, Lord, what have you given me to do? I just pray that you'd impress their mind right now. Lord, I pray that you might touch them. Lord, I just pray uh, that if uh, if their gift is one of encouragement, if it's of hospitality, uh, Lord, if it's a gift of uh, of being able to write, uh, if it's a, a gift of uh, of being able to just uh, uh, just share uh, their their personal experience, I just pray. Uh, that uh, that you will direct them, Lord, that we might use that one gift that you have given us. Thank you, Lord, for calling us all to your ministry. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, Amen. it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time, Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano will be sharing with Pastor Hugh Heenan. Uh, They'll be looking at the radical parable Christ directed to the rich and famous. Now, this is worth listening to. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.